Welcome back, Know His Heart family. It's Nate here with the Know His Heart podcast. I'm so excited that you're here once again with us. I hope you guys have had an amazing week, amazing weekend. Actually, it'll be Wednesday by the time this thing comes out. So I hope you had an amazing start to your week. Um, you know, this, this is this is going to be this is going to be a difficult episode for me. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even know where to start. Uh, I don't even know how to how to begin. But I think I'm just going to go right into it. And this, I'm going to be honest with you, this might be a very mellow, I don't know if somber is the word, but to keep things simple, it might be a, a pretty like heavy episode. Um, it might be a pretty heavy episode. So uh, I'm going to try my best to be my usual upbeat self. But I've been um, praying on this, believe it or not, for years. I've been praying on it. I've been mindful about it. And I'm like, God, I want to tell my story. But I just don't know when. I want to tell my story. I think somebody needs to hear it. I think, not I think, I know there are a lot of people who have told me that their story, that my story is their story. And I believe it's going to be of a blessing. And like I've told you guys many times, not to toot my own horn, you guys know I'm not that kind of person. But glory be to God, the Lord has graced me uh, to share my truth. This is something that God has assigned me to do, to share my truth, to maybe talk about things that traditionally people would keep to themselves. <clears throat> so I'm going to do it. And uh, I hope that, that uh, I, 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 don't, I don't want you to pity me or feel bad for me or think I'm looking for attention. That's why it took me years to talk about it, because I wasn't looking for attention. And I was praying. I was like, God, I want this to be in your timing. I don't want people to think this is an attention grab for views. Uh, once I had the podcast and before the podcast, I would pray. I would say, God, I don't want this to be from the wrong place. I don't want this to be from a place of pain. But I want to speak from a place of, of testimony. Uh, from a place of victory. Because that's what this is at the end of the day. This is a tale of how Jesus triumphed and therefore helped me triumph. He gave me the victory. And so <laughs> I prayed for years and I've been feeling lately that it's the time for me to share my truth, to speak on something that profoundly changed me, fundamentally changed me. And I don't speak on this from bashing anyone. I'm just telling my story. Um, I don't want this episode to be too long. Uh, I used to be married. I was married at one point, and a lot of people don't know that about me. I was married very briefly, very briefly. Um, and I'm not married anymore. <laughs> 
as you can see I don't have a ring on and it didn't work out obviously but it fundamentally changed who I am to go through a divorce at such a young age it broke me for a long time um and I guess I'm going to start from the beginning. I'm going to start from the, from the beginning. Uh, well, I guess in the middle and start from the beginning and get, get to my point. I'm going to tell my story. That's what this is going to be. This is going to be me telling my story. I expect this episode to be about 45 minutes. I don't want it to be an hour. If it could be 30 minutes, that would be great. But I know myself. And it's not going to be that short. But October 19th of 2019, I got married to, to I'm not going to mention any names, um, but I got married to, to, to a woman that I was deeply in love with at the time. I got married October 19th, 2019, and December 8th of 2019, she left me um, and so that sounds crazy I know it's a, a matter of I don't know what six weeks I was with my, my ex-wife for a total of six weeks and uh, it broke it broke me it broke me during that time and so we met uh, when I was 17. <laughs> we met when I was 17 uh, through social media. I had, I had known who she was through Instagram. And boy, I had the biggest crush on her. I had the biggest crush on her. And, you know, occasionally I would find an excuse to like something or, you know, on her page. I don't know if this was before DMs on Instagram when I was 17. I don't remember. And I, came, I went up to Connecticut to preach. And the people that brought me up, uh, I was 17, they, they coordinated me at a bunch of different churches. And her church was one of the churches I went to, and I went twice. And um, we met in person for the first time then. And you know, time would go by. I didn't have a phone at the time. I wasn't allowed to have a phone. My mom was very strict. And so I didn't have a phone. So I didn't have a way to communicate with her. I had like an iPod or something back then that I would use on Wi-Fi. But occasionally I would take my mom's phone and I would text her. Just once every five months, I don't know how much. And I'd just say, hey, God bless you. Just checking in, just saying, hey, hope you've been doing well. Um, and that was it. And time went by. Uh, and when I was in college, I think I was ni 19. I think I was a sophomore in college. Uh, we started talking to each other and we became a thing. Over time of us just talking, just talking and flirting with each other. And eventually, to make a long story short, 
we started dating long distance. And uh, I was living here in North Carolina, in Charlotte, and I was in college, and she was living up in Hartford, Connecticut. And a lot of people ask me, hey man, how'd you get to Hartford, Connecticut? How'd you get up here? Like, what made you come? And sometimes I would lie. Can I be honest with you? <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes I would lie when they would ask me why. I would say, oh, you know, it just happened. Just ended up coming. Because I didn't want to tell them. I didn't want to mention this disaster, this failed relationship that I had put all my chips into. I had altered my entire life for it and it failed and I felt shame. I felt so ashamed. It's like I don't want people to know this about me because it felt so shameful that it didn't work because to me there was no doubt in my mind that it would work. I had centered my whole life around this. But I don't want to get ahead of myself. And so I would come visit, you know? I would come visit. Uh, we, we were really rough. We were, it was really rough. We were on and off a lot. Well, we were together that first, you know, during the year of 2017, I want to say. Yeah. 2016, 2017, something like that. And then in 2018, I started going over there. And I would, and, and we had already been a thing for quite a few years. I think we had been a thing, by the time we got married, we had been a thing for about three or four years. In 2018, I would start going up to visit. I'd start traveling up to Connecticut at least once a month. I would go preach, and I'd save up every penny I had to buy a plane ticket so that I could go up next month and see her. And, and I was going almost every month, every break I could. And, you know, I'm trying to, like, run through what details are necessary, what details aren't necessary, because... Look, we're already 12 minutes in, and <laughs> I'm just starting this story. Um, and so 2018, I graduated college, and I was going to get my master's. I was going to go straight to school to get my master's, but I, I didn't because my relationship was hanging on a thread, and I loved this girl more than anything else in my life. It had reached the point where I loved this girl more than I loved my relationship with Christ. Because I'll be honest with you, me había descuidado. Like I had, I had put my relationship with Christ on the back burner. I had put my relationship with my family on the back burner. I had put everything on the back burner for this relationship. I fell and I fell hard. I fell hard. I was willing to do anything and everything to save, like to keep this relationship, and I didn't go to get my master's, I decided I was going to move because our relationship was getting rocky. Long distance wasn't working for us anymore, and I didn't want to lose her. So I moved in 2018. I graduated May of 2018, and by August 16th, I was in Hartford, Connecticut, living with her grandparents. 
and I'd put all, excuse me, I'd put all my chips into one basket, if that's how you say it. Oh, no, all my eggs in one basket. And, you know, my relationship with my mother had become strained. My relationship with my sister as well. My little sister, you know, was just really gray at home, and it was tough. And I dropped everything. I'm telling you, I dropped everything and I moved. I left everything that I have. I gathered everything that I could. I hopped on a one-way plane ticket because my car had been crashed. My sister crashed my car that I just bought. Accidentally, she crashed it, obviously, and it was an accident. And so I didn't have a car, and I moved to Connecticut. And a year went by. I got an apartment that I couldn't afford at the time. I should have been saving money. We got married. Oh, no, 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 no. This was, so before this, shortly before our wedding, uh, you know, I'm not going to put her personal business out there. So some something personal in her family had occurred, something very drastic and life-changing in her family. She had lost her father. The details of that is not important, but she had lost her father. And this was a very tough time for her. Um, there wasn't a lot of a lot of healing done, but we talked about it, and we one thing led to another, and we ended up getting married anyways, despite all the craziness that was going on. Because you said we loved each other, you know. We had said we loved each other, and we were going to figure it out. No matter what, you know. And I'm not at that same place anymore. But back then, I loved this woman more than the air I could breathe. I'm telling you, I would have given anything and I fell hard. And a lot of times, we find ourselves in this situation where we enter in a relationship and this relationship starts to take take center stage in our life. And where is Christ? Right? See, this isn't this isn't healthy. You can love someone with everything you have, but you cannot put anyone or anything before Christ. And I had let this relationship, I had let my love for this woman be the center of my life and 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 yeah, I was in church, but all my ambitions I had thrown out the door. My focus was getting married and starting a family. I didn't really care much about my ministry anymore. I was like, ah, you know, I'll probably start pastoring or something. I, I didn't really, you know, I wasn't really doing much. Uh, I was just not, we were just not close to Christ as a unit, even. But we got married and a couple weeks went by because I don't want to spend too much time on this I'm about to move into the next stage we went on our honeymoon and everything was great but I noticed something was changing I noticed something was changing and anytime we'd had a problem in our relationship and the conversation would become, hey, I don't know if this is working out. I would be like, what do you mean this isn't working out? 
there is no this isn't working out. I, I left everything that I have. This has to work out. This is God. Like, this is God's will. This is, you know, I moved. I left my family. Like, this has to work out. There is no this might not work out. Like, that. that's not a thing for me. And after we came back from our honeymoon, you know, things started to change and we started to bicker. And I'm trying to get to the point while still being respectful. You know, I'm still trying to tell my truth, but be respectful of her privacy. So I'm not really going in any details because I'm not, you know, this episode isn't about who was wrong or who was right or who did what or who. I want to talk from a place of someone who lost everything. I want to talk from a place of someone who lost everything because I did I lost everything and I was so alone and some of you a lot of you may have experienced that too so fast forward there were some some irregularities that I was noticing you know we just weren't seeing eye to eye I would try my best to understand her, but there was no communication, and I would try. And I'm telling you, this is a short time frame because we were only together six weeks after marriage. And after the honeymoon, everything started, you know, slowly. You know, in week five, like everything went boom. Week four, week five. And there was just irregularities. There was like conversations that I was like, who is this person? Like, why is there this weird tension with this person? There wasn't an honesty, you know, and I will say that, you know, I, I, I tried. I tried to save it because I had nothing else. You know, and I was like, we would just argue so much. But I didn't know what was happening to her, and I wanted to understand her. But I think my fear of losing everything was just so overwhelming, you know. Because when you love someone that much, you don't want to lose them. And this... This, this, I'm sorry. I'm trying to keep my, I'm trying not to, not to be so somber, but this is a tough thing for me. I've never spoken about this. So it is hard. It is hard. You know, I'd come home and she wouldn't be home and I'd be like, where, where were you? And there was no communication. And we were so young. We were so young and the loss of her father was so heavy on her. So there was so many things, so much trauma just going through all of like our relationship. And I only pray that the Lord has helped her heal since then from the loss of her father. I can't imagine what that feels like because I had, I've never experienced it. That That's something so traumatic. You know. But um, 
she left. And I was so broken. She left December 8th. It was a Sunday, and I had to preach that morning. And I'd had an anxiety attack. I had a panic attack the night before. I couldn't breathe. I was, I was on the bathroom floor because my whole world was falling apart. We had grown apart. We weren't close. We were barely sleeping in the same room. And she left December 8th. And my world fell apart. Because I lost everything and, and, and I was so angry. I was so mad. I was so angry at life. I was angry at her. I was angry at God. And this is where I'm, this is what I want to get to. I just wanted to give you guys the, 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 the intro. So she leaves December 8th. Weeks go by. It's not getting better. She's not coming back. We're arguing more than ever. And we're not seeing eye to eye. And all we do is argue. She, was, she had moved out. She went back to her parents' house. She had taken her things. And this season was the season that broke me, but the season that God used to save me. This was the season that broke me, but it was the season that God used to save me. Because had Jesus come in that season, I would not be saved. Had my life ended, I would not be saved. There were so many things not okay with me in my relationship with Christ. And sometimes God has to break you with what you love the most. He's like, listen, I, I have to break you. You made some hasty decisions. You rushed into, into things. But now I have to break you because I have to save you. And, it and, and, and the Lord broke me because I, I prayed and I said, oh, God, your promises say this and your word says this. And so I know she's coming back and my marriage is, my marriage is firm and, and I cannot lose my marriage. And I know the devil is a liar. And I'm telling you that I was fasting every day. I was praying every day. I was rebuking every type of demon you could ever rebuke. And it wasn't working. It wasn't working. And what do you do? What do you do when you're praying and it's not working? What do you do when you're fasting and it's not working? When you're rebuking and it's not working. See, this is what they taught me. Pray fast. The Lord has to do it if you seek him. And I would tell God, you have to do it. You have to, you have to save my marriage. Don't let the devil embarrass me. God, there's so many lies being said about me. I, there was so many lies, so many things that were not true being said about me. And I was just in my home, in my apartment alone and just crying day in and day out. My dog used to comfort me. I had a dog at that time. His name was Leroy. And he would just sit by me because he'd see me. He knew I wasn't okay. And he'd see me sitting on the floor in the middle of the night. A man that had lost everything. 
crying. God, why won't you fix this? And my prayer went from declaring to begging. My prayer went from rebuking to begging. And I would say, God, please. I can't take too much of this. This is too much, God. Like, God, I gave up everything. Please fix this. Don't make me stay like this for long. Don't let this be the new season that you're putting me in. And I would try to speak positively. Yeah, the Lord's going to fix this, man. Two months, she's coming back. It's not going to be more than two months, and two months would pass. And then I say three months, man. It's not going to pass three months. She's going to come back. And then four, then five, then six. And it wasn't working. Because sometimes God, I say this all the time. Sometimes God won't fix your situation because he's trying to fix you. And although that was the worst experience of my life, had I not gone through that, I would not be the man who I am today. I would not be the man who I am today. And so time kept going by. My family didn't know because I didn't want to tell them. I didn't want to tell them. I didn't want my family to know that the thing that I left them for, that I left my education for, that I left my home for, didn't work. I didn't want to tell them. And so I lied for months. I lied to my family. They didn't know. They had some suspicions because they know me. They know when I'm not okay. But I would, I would pretend that I was still with her. And my mom would send me something. She's like, hey, I sent this for your wife. You know, give it to her. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll give it to her. And I would put it under a drawer, under a cabinet. Because they didn't know that I was alone for months and I was so ashamed I was like this is not supposed to be happening to me and I remember I would when they would call me when they would call me on the phone <laughs> this is what a broken man will do I would pretend, I would pretend that, that she was in the house just so that they would stop asking me questions. <laughs> I would pretend that I wasn't alone in the house so that they wouldn't worry. I didn't want my mom to worry. I didn't want them to keep having suspicions. And so I remember they would call and I'd say, Hold on, my, my, my wife's calling me, and I, it seems so stupid now. But I was so broken, and it was draining me, but I couldn't tell anybody. I couldn't tell anybody on socials. I was so vocal with my relationship. I didn't want anybody to know. 
I didn't delete our photos for quite some time because I didn't want people to know. And I would be on the phone with my family and I would pretend to talk to someone in the house so that they would think that I wasn't alone at home because they would start asking questions and my mom would be like, hey, are you? Are you alone? Like, where's your wife? I, I notice you like by yourself all the time when she would call me. She would FaceTime me and I wouldn't want to answer. And I would, I would, uh, when I would be leaving, I would be like, give me a sec, mom. And I'd be like, bye. I love you. But I was talking to no one. And so this began to break me. And so I entered in this season of depression. And I thank God for this young couple that helped me because it got really bad. There was this young couple in my church Kevin and Corales and I'll forever be grateful for them I love them so much because they took me in when I had nobody they would check on me because they knew I wasn't okay I'm telling you I would walk around with this cloud I would look pale I was losing a lot of weight it was the pandemic the pandemic hit right after my, my wife left December 8th the pand like the pandemic started in April. So not only was I alone, but I was in lockdown alone. I could not do this. I couldn't. This was eating away at me. This was eating me alive. This was eating me alive. I could not, I couldn't do it. And I started to get depressed. And they weren't picking sides. They weren't playing favorites. They just were someone that was there because I needed somebody. And I would go to their house. I would stay till 2 a.m. because I didn't want to be at home alone. I would sleep in my car because I didn't want to be in that empty apartment. I was too depressed. I couldn't take care of my dog anymore. And so I gave him to another family. I was too depressed. I was in a literal deep depression. I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to, I didn't want to even be at home. He would come to me to play and I just could not play with him. Because my family didn't know and I was alone and I was faking like I was okay and I was dying in my home. And so I had nobody. And the depression started to grow and grow and grow. And it turned into suicidal ideation. I think that's the way to express it. I started to flirt with the idea of suicide. And it was scaring me. It was scaring me and I didn't tell anyone. And I would pray and I would cry. I would pray and cry and I would say God please help me because I'm scared I'm I said God help me because I'm scared I'm gonna do it I'm scared that I'm going to do it and I don't want to so I need you to help me 
these thoughts would come into my mind and I'd be driving on the street of the streets of Hartford at two, three in the morning. I've told people this. I've never told them why though. Screaming, broken, alone. What the speed limit was, I don't know what, 30? And I'm going 60. And I'm fighting these voices in my head. They're like, run the stop sign, run the stop sign. Don't stop, run the light. Because the enemy was trying to make me take my own life. And I would pray, God, please. I would say, God, please, please, please help me. I'm scared. I'm scared that I'm going to take my life. And I know that you don't want me to do this. I know this isn't what I'm supposed to do, but I, I can't fight these thoughts. And I would be driving so fast. And I remember I was screaming in my car, just screaming because I didn't have any words. And I would say, please, please, somebody. I remember one night I was like, please, somebody hit me. Please, somebody hit me. I was screaming and I was going so fast. Screaming, please, somebody hit me. Please, take me away from this. I didn't want to. And uh, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't be at home. I'd be up for hours and hours and hours and the sun would come out. And there's a bridge in Hartford. There's two bridges. There's one in front of the Connecticut Science Center that's over some traffic. And there's another that goes to, I don't know if it's to East Hartford or over the highway. And it's over the Connecticut River. This bridge is over the Connecticut River. And I was struggling because the devil was telling me to jump every day, every day, every time night would come and I was alone again. No church. No, this is the pandemic. Where was I going to go? And even before the pandemic, this was around January as well. This was happening since the beginning of 2019. I mean, 2020. I'm sorry. And I would hear these voices go jump. Go jump. Maybe she'll finally feel sorry. Maybe she'll realize how she messed up. Go jump. And I would say, no, no, I rebuke in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I say, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. I would say, be quiet, be quiet. The devil is a liar. Be quiet, be quiet. 
but I wasn't always that that strong. Sometimes, sometimes I would, uh, um, I would entertain the idea. I was like, what if I just drove my car up there to the edge of the bridge and I stand on the other side and I take a picture? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. This is the first time I've, I'm talking about this. I've talked about it, but I've never told anybody why. So this is this is hard for me in a different way. Uh, and I said, okay, I'll take a picture at the, at the top of the bridge. And I'll post it on my story. And then when I hit post, I could just jump off. Maybe, then maybe people will see. See, because I was like, everybody thinks that I'm this horrible person. Because, you know, people tend to blame the man. I'm sorry for those of you watching. I didn't bring any tissue. I had to use my shirt. You know, people tend to blame the man. And so there's a lot of men that are suffering. There's a lot of men that are suffering with guilt, with shame. There's a lot of men that are suffering with culpability, just even by society. And I was like, everybody thinks that I, that I did something, that I'm this horrible person. You know what it is for people to ask you? You know what it is for people to ask you? Did you cheat on her? What did you do? What did you? I said I never, and I would be, and I would have to explain myself to people. I never lifted a finger to her. I. And I, I didn't cheat on her. I didn't. And they were like, then why, why did she go? And I'd be like, I don't know. And I would hate when people would ask me questions. And I'd be like, I don't know. I don't know. And I would struggle with these thoughts. And I'd be like, no, 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 God, I don't want this. And the Lord, well, the beautiful thing is that even when no one knows, he knows. When no one sees you, he sees you. And I thought I was forgotten. I felt like the only man in the world. I felt like nobody understood me. I felt like I was never going to get out of it. I felt like God did me wrong, like he did me dirty. I hated her for leaving. I hated her family for turning away from me. Because I loved her family too. You know. And for a while, you know, her mom would still check up on me. Her mom would still call me and see how I was doing. I was grateful for that. Then after time, 
after time, you know, that stopped. That stopped after a while. I felt alone. And I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to worship. I didn't want to play. I didn't want to preach. I didn't want to do any of that. And I remembered, you know, the Lord. See, this is a beautiful thing about Jesus. Nobody sees you, but he sees you. And there was this phrase that came to me. I would even say he told it to me. But it just kind of came to me. And the phrase, you don't have to die because I already did. It was Jesus telling me, you don't have to die. And I would say it in my prayers. I'd say, I don't have to die because Jesus already did. And he died for me in this season. He knew this was going to happen. I didn't know, but but he knew. Because it's hard to lose something like that. Because I know some of you have lost relationships, but to lose a marriage is a whole other monster. I planned to do the rest of my life with this woman. Kids. A house. Everything. I even kept wearing my ring for about a year almost. I wore my ring till late 2020. Like after the summer, I think, I was still wearing my ring all that time. And then I stopped wearing it. But the Lord was working in me. The Lord was working in me because in that season, he began to show me, you are never too far out of my reach. You are never too far out of my reach. And even here, I love you. I am with you. And I slowly began to understand how far I had strayed from him. 2019 was a bad year for my spiritual life. It was such a bad year for my spiritual life. Just so much sin, so much lukewarm, not even lukewarm, just cold. God was like, I'm bringing you back to me. See, because we talk about being the clay in the hands of the potter. 
until it's time to be the clay in the hands of the potter. And we think clay in the hands of the potter is going to be something cute, something nice. Oh, you know, he's just going to add a little here and a little there. He is going to break you down. There are times where God is going to break you down and he broke me down, but it was to save me from myself. It was to save me because he was like, remember, you 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 lost track. I all these things I was trying to do in you. And 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 I often would ask God, why, 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 why? And I couldn't see it then, but I see it now. The level of wisdom, the way, the way that I had no choice. I had nowhere to go. I had nowhere to go but to run to Jesus because if I did I didn't have I didn't have anyone I was alone my for a while my family didn't know and when my family did know of course I had them and they they flocked around me because I told my older sister first and I told my mom and my little sister and and I told my dad too and they just swarmed around me they just embraced me but It came a point where it wasn't enough and I was just broken. I was crying all the time. I was having panic attacks at work, but God came and his hand, and I know I'm jumping all over the place. It's just because like, I don't know how you rehearse this. You just, you just talk. You can't rehearse this kind of thing. You can't get ready for this. You just have to do it. And Jesus in that season, he began to pull me closer to him. I began to feel his love like never before. I began to seek him like never before. I began to know him. The book of Job came to life in me. I didn't know God before 2020, before late 2019, 2020. I didn't know him. I did not know him. Forget whatever I thought I knew. Forget it all. In that season was where I learned that he is greater than anything that I face. He is greater than any love, than any heartbreak. He is greater than any loneliness. He is greater than any depression, than any suicide. He is greater than anything I could ever face. And through it all, he loved me. Through it all, he never left me. Through it all, he uplifted me. Through it all, he learned. He taught me. I learned. I don't need anyone's approval as long as he knows who I am, as long as he knows me, as long as he approves me, as long as he, listen, if I, I used to think if I don't have her, I can't live. And God said, this is why I have to break you. This is why I'm not going to fix your marriage because I'm trying to fix you. This is why I'm going to leave you in this season. And I would scream, God, don't leave me here. And I, I, I was like, he is, I was like, he's not a jerk. Because I used to try to think that. I used to try to call God mean. <coughs> I used to say, look what you're doing to me. I'm not supposed to be here. I grew up my whole life preaching. I'm not supposed to be here. Look what you're doing to me. But then my spirit would fight it. My spirit would be like, you know he's good. You know he's still good. You know he still loves you. You know that he wouldn't be doing this to spite you, out of spite, just to harm you there's something he's trying to teach you out of this so my prayer began to change god what do i need to learn instead of god fix this 
I started to pray, God, what are you trying to show me? What kind of man are you trying to make me? And to the men that are listening to me, speak to somebody. Talk to someone. You have to stop trying to face everything alone. You are not strong enough. You're not. I'm speaking from first hand. I'm telling you. Because I, 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 I was trying to be a man. I got it. I got it. I'm good. I can't tell anyone. I got You can't. You got to be vulnerable. That's why I thank God for Kevin and, and Coralis. That they just let me go to their house and just sit. We wouldn't, man, so many times I go there, we wouldn't even talk. I just needed to be around somebody. I'd go there and eat. I'd go there and sit. When I felt those suicidal thoughts coming, the depression coming, I'd call them. Hey, what are you guys doing? Can I, can I come over? And they'd always let me come. Because first for God and them. First, if not for God, of course. But if not for them, I would not be here. I would not be standing, before, sitting before you today. And this season of breaking was what prepared me for the next season of wisdom. The next season. Forget wisdom because a lot of times we, a lot of times we act like the season of breaking is, oh, God broke me so that I could be able to help others, which is true. That is very much a part of my story. But what's even more important than my ability to help others, he broke me to bring me closer to him. He broke me to bring back communion with him. If I never helped another person a day in my life, fine. But as long as I got connected with him, this is, this is the point that I'm trying to make. Yes, God allows us to go through things because there are other people that need us. That's true. But in this particular case, God broke me because I needed him. I was so far away from him. And he said, Nathan, I need to show you who I am. You don't know me, Baba. You don't know me. I want you to know me. I want you to know me as the God that loves you through it all. A God that makes you worthy. Because I struggled with feeling loved. I said if she couldn't love me, then who really could love me? Because I swore she loved me more than anything, just like I loved her. And then she didn't. If she can't love me, who can I trust to love me? And he's like, I want to show you that I am the God that loves you. You don't have to do anything to prove it, to earn it. I love you. I went through a lot of insecurities. I didn't trust people. I didn't trust people. And people would say, I love you. And internally, I'd be like, yeah, until you don't. <laughs> when I met my friends that I had at the time, like that I had just met, I mean to say at the time, like 2020, late 2020 going into 2021 
they wanted to love on me and I was so standoffish. I didn't want to let them in. Because I was like, yeah, you guys like me now. You love me now. Until you don't. Because the person that I thought loved me didn't love me anymore one day. So how can I trust you? And the Lord had to work on me in that. He had to work on a lot of things. He's like, Nate, I need to teach you to trust me. I need to teach you to be more patient. Because I wasn't very patient in that season in my life. I need to teach you to be more patient. I need to teach you to be a better listener. I need to teach you to have more peace, to be more calm. I need to teach you to be more centered. I need to teach you to be more like that wave of peace when the whole world is crashing around you. I need to teach you to trust. I need to teach you to deal with that. I need to deal with that anxiety in you. I had so much anxiety. I had so much anxiety. I would lose my breath. I would have panic attacks. And God was like, I need to work in these things. And so what do you do when this kind of thing happens to you? You've got to be willing to listen. There will be seasons where you will lose everything. And something will break you. But you have to let God put you back together again. Man, he built me from the ground up. He built me from the ground up, but I had to pay the price. I had to sit there and go through it. I had to pay the price from some of my own decisions for rushing into that relationship, rushing into that marriage, ignoring the voice of God, ignoring the voice of my family, ignoring the voice of the advice of other people. We were going to the same church while, while separated for about a year, almost, if I'm not mistaken, eight months to a year. We were going to the same church. I was seeing my wife a couple rows behind me three to four times a week. Think of that. Three to four times a week, I was seeing my wife that had left me in church sitting three rows behind me. And I couldn't say a word to her. For all these months, I was, I felt like I lost. I felt like I lost. I said, I, I'm a failure. We were separated for quite some time. And I tried to listen to my leadership. Don't sign the paperwork. Don't sign the divorce papers. Don't sign the divorce papers. Just take it to court. Let the court give you. Because you're not, by law, you don't have to sign the divorce papers. Just wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Just let the judge give you a court date and they'll resolve it. But it was the pandemic. So they kept pushing our court date back. And people were prophesying to me. This is why you have to be careful. God was trying to teach me. Uh, 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 uh. Stop listening to so much to these prophecies. I want to teach you to listen to me. I want to teach you to hear my voice. 
This is why I know God. This is why I've been able to come to a place where I know God. I know his voice. And a lot of people think, oh, it's because this, this supernatural thing happened and the Holy Spirit came down and came over. You know, you know why I know the voice of God? Because there was no other voice. I had no choice. Months, years in my room alone with no one but him. I learned his voice. I learned to hear his voice. All these people prophesying to me. And the Lord says this. And the Lord says she's coming back. And the Lord says the divorce will not happen. And the Lord said, and they didn't come true. People calling me. I had a dream. She came back. I had a dream. She came back. And she never, she never came back. Because that wasn't the will of God in that season. God was saying, I'm going to have to take this from you. And I love you, but that's why I'm going to have to take it. I'm going to take it. But in exchange, I'm going to give you me. I'm going to give you me in exchange. And sometimes God will take it. See, nobody prepped us for that. <laughs> nobody prepped us for that in churches. Everything that the devil stole, God's giving it back to you. Everything the devil took away, it's coming back. What about when God told him to take it? What about when God took it or let him take it? What about when God says, no, no, I'm taking this, but it's for your own good. What then? Nobody prepared us for that. What they taught us was pray, pray, and the Lord will answer. Break the chains and it's going to happen. Decree and declare it. I can't tell you how much times I declared my walls in my old apartment have seen me say all kinds of prayers, all kinds of decrees and declares. And it's going to happen. And when it doesn't, God's going to take some things. He's going to take it. And he's not sorry. He has to take it. For you to come out on the other side, he has to take it. And I'm coming to a close. And uh, she left December 8th, 2019. And in, I think, February of 2021, I finally understood. Excuse me. I said, all right, God. I did everything that you told me to do. I, I did everything everybody else told me to do. It's time. And I signed the papers and our divorce, be, divorce became final. And I've never seen her again. Never spoken to her again since that day. I think it was February, but it was 2021. Early, early, early. If not January, February. 
But I thank God for the season of breaking. I thank God for the season of taking. I thank God for taking. And it took me a while to heal. I did not heal in February of 2021. I did not heal for a while. I'm talking about there were things I didn't get over until 2022, late 2022, 2023. There's still things that I'm dealing with because of this. To this day, I struggle with. I'll be honest, I still struggle with. People ask me, yo, why don't you get in a relationship? Why, why don't you talk to somebody? Why don't you, oh, why don't you talk to this girl? Why don't you talk to that girl? This girl's pretty, this girl's beautiful. Why don't you? I'm scared. I am scared. Like, and I don't expect a lot of people to know this because a lot of people don't know that, that I, that I went through this. But truth is, I am scared. Because there is that part of me, like, what if I love somebody again and they stop loving me? So, yeah, I'm still working on that. I would love to be in a relationship with someone. I would love to be a father. You guys know that I love babies and I feel like I'm called to be a father one day. I want to love somebody bad. But I'm working on it. I'm getting there. So this is me. This is what made me who I am today. I couldn't be the preacher that inspires so many young people for the glory of God had he not taken that from me. Had he not allowed me to go through that season. I could not be the man. Now, that God taking it does not ex like take away all responsibility from any person. She left. She made that decision. That was her decision. She did that. She packed her things and left. We made a commitment before the Lord, for better or for worse, sickness and health. And she, the truth is she broke the commitment and left. That's not a jab. That is the truth. That's what happened. But that doesn't mean that God could not glorify himself. Through my desert, through my mess, through my ugly season, he glorified himself. He did not give it back to me. And I begged him to give it back. And he, and he did not. But that's okay. Oh, the puppy from the other episode is back. <laughs> the dog. I could not be who I am today. I've seen the fruits of that season of breaking. I've seen the fruits of it. I've seen. I say like Job, I had heard about you, but now I know you. Before I would speak about a God who never leaves me. You know when I tell people, oh, he'll never leave you. They think I'm just saying that because I'm a preacher and I'm supposed to say that. No. 
I've been alone. And he did not leave me. Oh, he'll mend every broken heart. Oh, you're supposed to say that you're a preacher. No, 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 no. I don't think you understand. <laughs> My heart wasn't just broken. It was shattered, stomped on, burned, lied on. Oh, God, 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 he'll never forsake you. I don't think you get it. He never forsake. Is what I said? Forsook? Forsaked? Whatever it is. He never left me. I was never forsaken. I did not want to live. And at one point, I was fighting against an actual plan. So I thank God for that. I pray that if you've ever been through anything that has broken your entire existence, whether it be a relationship, uh, an engagement, a marriage, uh, a family situation, a death in your family, or, or, or broken friendships, or any kind of depression or suicidal ideology, or anything like that. I want to be that testimony to you. I didn't want to share this. Part of me wanted to, part of me didn't. Because now you guys know me. Like, know that side of me. But I'm telling you, I am a living testimony that God is still good through it all. I am a living testimony that he will not give up on you. Do not give up on him. I am a living testimony testimony that you can and will come out on the other side if you cling to Jesus, if you run to him. I'm not saying if you speak in tongues, if you keep preaching, if you keep, no, 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 no. Because for a while there, I wasn't preaching. I wasn't speaking in tongues. I wasn't all Mr. O strong, Nate. I was face flat on the floor in my house, bawling countless nights and months where I had no words for my prayer. It was just tears, literally just tears but he changed me he drew me near to him he showed me his face in a season where people were showing me their back he showed me his face he showed me love and he healed me because I was broken for a long time but he healed my heart he healed my mind he healed the trauma that came from it Whatever it is that you've lost, whatever it is that's happened, I want to tell you that Jesus is so good. And if you feel like dying, you don't have to die. Jesus already did. If you've been struggling, if, you, if you've made a plan, if you've attempted to take your life, I want you to talk to somebody. First, talk to Jesus. Cry out to God. Second, talk to somebody. You need someone. Go to your leadership, your pastor. Come to me if you have access to me. If you can get to me, talk to somebody. Let them know what you're going through. Don't face it alone. I thank God for everything he's done. I'm a new man. I still struggle sometimes. I still struggle sometimes. Just because you don't have feelings for someone anymore doesn't mean that you're not still healing from a situation. I don't have feelings 
for my ex-wife anymore. But I still struggle with what happens sometimes. It made me question my self-worth. I still struggle sometimes. I still sometimes, every now and then, get low. I have some down days every now and then, just because of, you know, it was a tough time in my life. But God has given me joy. He's given me freedom. I did not have joy for a long time. And he gave it back to me. This episode has gone longer than any other episode that I've ever done. I love you guys. Thank you for coming to this episode. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And uh, I hope that this has been a blessing for you. I hope that my transparency has touched your heart. I hope that my transparency has helped you see that God is good. I hope that my transparency has helped you get through something. He is a good, loving God through it all. And he never fails. He never fails.